Welcome to the Mindful SLP, the podcast for SLPs looking for simple tools and optimal outcomes. Your host is Denise, experienced speech therapist specializing in all things pediatric, and Dan, business manager for her private clinic. Welcome back and thanks for listening. Today we're going to be talking about developmental sequence and phonemic awareness. Okay, now first off, I am a husband of a speech therapist who has a master's degree in this stuff. I swear, you guys try to see how smart you are by putting as many syllables as possible into everything you talk about. So just what is phonemic awareness? Okay, it's a two-part explanation, so hang with me. And I am quoting from the authors of Phonemic Awareness in Young Children. It's a great book, and I'll link it in the show notes. But they say, the very notion that spoken language is made up of sequences of little sounds does not come naturally or easily to human beings. Okay, so that's the first idea. Mm-hmm. The small units of speech that correspond to letters of the alphabet are called phonemes. So, awareness, the language is composed of these small sounds, is phonemic awareness. Okay, so what does that really mean? It means, and I'm quoting again from these authors, that the challenge is to find ways to get children to notice the phonemes, to discover their existence and separability. And I really love that word existence Mm -hmm. because you would think, well, of course they know that phonemes exist because they speak. But no, it's not exactly. It's like if you've seen, do you know that different notes exist? Can you sing and know that you're singing a scale, A, B, C, D, E. It's just music. sounds. It's, it's just, just music. It's until someone teaches you what it is, it's just music. Mm-hmm. And they just all flow together. So their existence and their separability, a huge idea. And it does not come naturally. And to some children, they really need to be taught it. So what is the sequence that children learn phonemic awareness? Okay, I'm going to go off what these authors wrote in this book and describe the sequence. It's very important that you address this in the right sequence. So first, children learn to attend selectively to sounds. So you would play listening games, um, you know, what does the bird say and what do you hear? Oh, that's a car sound, those kinds of things. And then they start to begin to be aware of rhyming. And there's lots of different things you can do with rhyming, but that is the next step. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then... They begin to be aware of sounds in words. This sounds like a really complex, uh, what does the fox say? (laughs) Yeah, we're going. (laughs) And then they become aware that words make up sentences. So even though they're already making sentences, they may not be aware of the separability of words. Mm. Okay. And then they are aware that words are made up of syllables. So clapping the syllables thing. Okay. Then they can begin to isolate initial and final sounds. Realize, oh, cat starts with k. Dog ends with g. Okay. Then they learn to put words together from these different sounds. And then and only then do they begin to understand the relation of letters to speech sounds. So then those are pre-reading skills. Right. I remember that in school. But it's not just reading. I have found this affects so much more than reading. So can you give me an example? Sure. Several examples. So I have an autistic child, a preschooler, who speaks so quickly that her words run together. She's lacking the separability of words, Mm -hmm. that awareness, okay? I have a child who has severe apraxia, 
She's really getting a lot, lot better, but she lacks spontaneity of speech, being able to mm-hmm. put sentences together. She's just not aware of where the sound should be. So she just does a lot of imitation still. I had one client whose mother brought her to me and said she had been to another private speech therapist who said, after working with her for a while, I just can't break her code. And she was a little bit confusing at first. And I thought, well, is it phonemic awareness? Because I hardly know how to describe her to you, but she didn't lack for talking. I mean, she could chatter on. And when I asked her comprehension questions, she would understand. It could answer comprehension questions about stories, but she, everything was kind of mixed up. Mm-hmm. And her pronouns were mixed up, and her stories were kind of mixed up, but not super mixed up. And her academics were really, really low. Mm. So I just checked her phonemic awareness, and that was the foundation of all her other problems. I mean, her phonemic awareness was so poor. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she got some of the skills she has in other areas, honestly. So naturally, you know, being a speech therapist, you started looking for something to help, some kind of a program, something that you could do to help these kids understand the phonemic awareness. Sure. And there's lots of programs out there. And with these clients, I just described many of them. I was doing other things first. I was doing the listening games. I was doing some articulation therapy with the apraxic clients, some prompt therapy. We got to the point where we were ready to work on rhyming. And they pulled out some materials I already had, which were some CVC, consonant, vowel, consonant, um, rhyming puzzles. Started trying them. I just got blank stares. I just got like, I don't even know what you're asking me to do. They couldn't even grasp where I was starting from. Every program that I had started the CVC level, and that was just too high for them. It was one sound too many. Figured I need two sounds, CV words like do, mo, go, or mm-hmm. may, say, hey. And I also thought I need something really concrete. I need a way for them to associate sounds with meaning. So I started to think of the lip shapes we make with vowels. The long vowels especially are so distinctive. A and O and oo and ah, not a long vowel, but a very distinctive lip shape. So when I realized I needed consonant vowel words and I needed lip shapes to go with them, I thought that'd be a really good way for them to connect what their bodies were doing with mm-hmm. the idea that they were creating these sounds. I hopped on the internet. I thought I can find something. I can find something that'll meet my needs. There are so many phonemic awareness programs out there. And I did find some lip shapes, but I didn't find any phonemic awareness programs that just had consonant vowel words. Hmm. It was a little bit frustrating because I was like, I want this now. And granted, I don't have all day to search the internet, but I did enough searching that I was like, I'm done searching. I'm going to make mine. So what was your next step then? I had some lip shapes made. I had an artist draw lip shapes. I had an artist draw the consonant vowel words for A, E, I, O, and A, and O. Why why did you choose those? Oh, because they're so visible. Oh, okay. Because my plan... For an artist to actually be able to draw them. Well, that wasn't... It is, but that wasn't... No, it's easy for the child to see in the mirror because this is what's Uh, coming up. Okay. Okay, the the mirror is very important. If I say, eh, can you see what I'm doing? No. No, if I say, ooh, can you see what I'm doing? Okay, they needed the concrete visibility. Got it. After the lip shapes were made, then, then what did you do? Then I just came up with a list of 
consonant vowel words for a, e, i, o, u, and a, like go and mo and do, you know. Uh-huh. Um, B, me, see. After I had as many as I could think of that were words that these children would know, you know, they're age-appropriate words. I left the words off the cards because mm-hmm. I didn't want them attending to the spelling. So you had a lip-shaped card, and then you had a whole bunch of other cards with pictures for the words that go with that lip shape. Yeah, exactly. So now that we've gone through all of this, here's How the fun. How do you use them? Yeah. yeah, here's the fun part. Okay, this is where the fun really starts. And my clients really do enjoy this. The first step, I use a mirror, a standalone mirror, so it can just sit on the table. And the very first step is just have the clients attend to what shape their lips are making when they say these vowels. Okay. And then we associate it with the cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next step is to match the word they're saying with the lip shape. I'm still using the mirror at this point, but I'll have two sets because if I just had one set, if I just had O, they would just automatically be saying do, no, O, O. I'm saying O. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, they yeah. need the content. They, they focus on the O more than just because it's a rhyme and just go. They wouldn't think about it. They need the contrast mm-hmm. so they can sort. They begin to sort in their mind. And, okay. and really, they couldn't do this at the first, which is a clue that this is what the clients needed. If I had O and I had A, okay, my two lip-shaped cards, and I had a word like hey and I had a word like do, they really had to think and look in the mirror, and some of them are even touching their mouths, in order to put the O word in the O pile and the A word in the A pile. Oh, to be able to even recognize that there's a difference in the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to recognize that they're saying a different sound. Mm-hmm. So a whole bunch of sorting. Wow. A whole bunch of sorting with all different mixtures of all the different vowels is what we did. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first step. And then I took the mirror away and see if they could still sort. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. Okay. So and then, then they're really cluing into not just the visual of it, then they're cluing in their ears and making those associations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're having so, to depend completely on the ear. Yeah. So then they're hearing it and they're hearing the difference. And then after that, I want to start to build their auditory memory, the memory for where sound should be and for what rhymes. Even though we really haven't talked about rhyming, you notice these are mm-hmm. rhyming words. They right. Rhyme. Okay. So. I will choose one consonant vowel set after we've done a sorting activity. So say I choose E, mm-hmm. and we'll go through all the cards, and I'll have them say them with me. I'll lay them all down. Then I pick them all up, put one down, like C, and I say, okay, what else do you remember that goes with C? And see if they can even remember. Can they remember B or key or D? Oftentimes I couldn't, so I'd show them the cards again. We'd name them all. I'd pick them all back up, gather them up. They can't mm-hmm. see them. What do you remember? And I tell you, for the clients who really struggle, it's a doing this step every single time. I mean, they remember one. Right. They remember one word. I put it down, and they show them all the other words again, gather them back up, ask them what they remember. And it can take quite a while before they start to remember two words that they saw. So phonemic awareness, auditory memory, they really go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I haven't even asked them to generate rhyme yet, and that's often where some phonemic awareness program starts with consonant vowel consonant words. Uh-huh. They're asking to generate a rhyme. These kids aren't generating rhymes yet. They're just remembering what they heard. 
So then after you do that, you can play a matching game with carpet markers. You know those little circles that preschoolers sit on at circle time? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. About one inch or one foot in diameter. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, the internet calls them carpet markers. Okay. So what I like to do, and this is really fun, is play a matching game with two vowel sets. I tape some words to the carpet markers, and on the bottom of the carpet markers, some of them have a picture of an M&M, like half of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can't see it. It's on the bottom. Okay. So they have to walk around on the carpet markers. And I tell them, stop. It's like a stop and go game, you know, and they have to stop on a word. And I have the lip shapes on the board, or I have one of the words that belongs to that set on the board. So I might have a lip shape O and I might have lip shape E, or I might, they might be past that. I might have the word no for O and the word key for E, if you get it. So whatever word they step on, they have to choose where that goes. Uh-huh. Then they get to turn the carpet marker over, and if there's a picture of an M&M on the bottom, they get a mini M&M, and they just think that is awesome. They that is so much. They're so motivated. I mean, in the whole game, they might get five mini M&Ms, but it's so fun for them. Yeah. It sounds like they respond really well to this. Oh, they do. They just think it is so much fun. Look at themselves in a mirror. Oh, no. Carpet markers, M&Ms. It just seems to be fun. Magnets on a board. Kids love magnets on a board, mm-hmm. too. So after you do all this, uh, sorry, there's two more activities you can oh, do. And I'm sure that I will come up with more. And if you're listening to this as an SLP, you will come up with more. But these are the ones I've been doing so far. I begin to model the separability of the consonant vowel words and practice segmenting the two sounds. Mm-hmm. So d o. And by the way, this is not easy. You think this should be easy. If they're struggling, this is not easy. But this is what they would need to do to generate a rhyme, is to realize that they got to replace the first sound with a different sound. Okay? So then we begin to do that. And another activity I'll do is I'll arrange the cards face down on the table with the one card face up in the middle. And I ask them to remember a word that sounds like the face up word, and I'll give them a little clue. An insect that buzzes. Oh, B. Okay. Yeah. So now as the therapist, you've got to have your list of words and your clues. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but that's why you, you know. get paid the big bucks. Yeah, and then you peek at the cards to see which one actually is B because <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember. But with that activity, you're working in the attributes, which is, you know, it's just another language bonus mm-hmm. that you can give. So as you're playing these games. Besides having fun, I wanted to tell you some really really impressive results. So the my little preschooler autistic client. The one that runs together. just Runs the words together, started slowing down and becoming more conversational. Now it's not perfect yet, but she said to me one day she needed a tissue and she said, where's the garbage can? Okay, that might not sound like a big thing to you, but it was huge. The way she said it in a conversational tone with the words not coming out too fast. Her intonation was correct. Where's the garbage can? I was like, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I was doing a lot of other things with her, but this happened after she started to make some real gains in the phonemic awareness. And so I really think seeing those two things emerge together, I really believe it was the phonemic awareness that helped her start to slow down and become more conversational. We still have some work to do, but it's coming. The other client that I described who, the one who the other speech therapist said she couldn't crack her code, mm-hmm. and, and she just kind of seemed to be all over the place with her language, what was really interesting is the day 
she first got the first glimmer of separability of the phonemes, like saying g, o, like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were also working on pronouns because she was messing up her pronouns, and I had some cards off to the side that we had used earlier with he and she right. sentences. She picked them up and she went through them and she said, he is running, she is drinking milk, he is eating a hot dog. Just She went through like 25 cards without making a mistake. Wow. Just like that. And we haven't even really addressed the pronouns directly. I kind of let them drop and thought, I need to get this phonemic awareness under control. Well, guess what? I mean, the pronouns just started to come in by themselves because she could attend to what the word sounded like. Ah, and then she could discern the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. that was really cool. To wrap it up then, what do you say to a speech therapist who might have a client struggling with phonemic awareness? So first of all, I would say think of all your clients, not just the ones you are sure have a phonemic awareness issue, but ask yourself, could there be some phonemic awareness deafness that I have not explored because I have found, once I start diving in, I found it in so many places I didn't expect it. It has tendrils in so many different areas. But if you're struggling with a client that you are currently working on phonemic awareness, look at this developmental sequence and ask yourself, are you starting too high? I find that so often. I find that so, so, so often. We start too high because that's where our program says we need to start or that's the materials we get and that's where they're starting. And so that's where we start and the clients struggle more than they need to. So these consonant vowel words that I've made, you can totally do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can grab pictures off the internet. You can come up with these lists of words. If you want to save some time, I have them on SLP Pro Advisor, and you can get them. And if you put in the coupon code MINDFUL, you'll get 10% off. But it's not real expensive to begin with. No, it's $10. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> you know, you're saving 10%. You're going to save a buck, but, you know, what's your time worth? And, mm-hmm. and and, you know, we're not trying to get rich on this stuff here, but it did cost us a little bit with the uh, the artist and, and things like that and putting them together. But, yeah, these things can – you put these together, you print it out, you laminate them, and you've got cards that you can use. In so many different fun activities. And they, the activities are all with the cards. Yes. Oh, and as a bonus, you get some nursery rhymes. Um, I also use nursery rhymes for rhyming, and that's a whole different podcast about how to use nursery rhymes with rhyming. But they are there, pictures that they can color. Artists did a fantastic job of drawing cute pictures. And kids this age who are working on this normally like to color. So it's a send-home activity, too. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. And I want to say I so appreciate you as listeners. I know you're busy. I know you have a thousand things to do. And there are a thousand resources out there to pay attention to. So I really, really appreciate that you would pay attention to my little piece of this is what you can do. We will talk to you again on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mindful SLP. We hope you found some simple tools that will have optimal outcomes in your practice. This podcast is sponsored by SLP Pro Advisor. Visit slpproadvisor.com for more tools, including Impossible R Made Possible, Denise's highly effective course for treating those troublesome R's. A link is in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and tell your fellow SLPs. And please, let us know what you think. Join the conversation at slpproadvisor.com.